The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the line. And between the two of us, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today's show features Kimberly Rath. She's the President and Managing Director of Talent Plus. Kimberly Rath is a native of Nebraska with nearly 25 years of experience in the human resources field. She is a recognized leader in the field of strengths-based executive development and human resources. Kimberly uses her skills as a leadership management consultant to help clients reach their highest growth and potential. We're very excited about having her. We're going to go through a little bit more introductions, then we'll bring on Kimberly. But Kathy and I want to bring out the best in current leadership topics for you. So we have interviews with proven leaders, and we want to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Kathy, welcome to the call. Hello, everybody. We hope that you're going to be uh, very, very, very happy with our program today. Um, I know that uh, we really try very hard um, to help you understand that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization, and you yourself can always be a great leader. But most leaders really do underestimate just how much influence they have over others. And as a result, they tend to underperform, and their teams will underperform as a result. And doing just a few things differently can really drastically improve your performance and your organization. And what we're going to learn in all of these shows are how to develop more leaders in your company. We always talk about what happy companies know about performance and certainly about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies because those are specialty areas of Relly and myself. Today we're going to specialize in how strengths-based contributions to leadership, help top performers. And we're also going to talk about self-management tools to be your best, plus many more tools and tips. And can we just uh, say good morning to uh, Kimberly? Good morning. Thank you. Relly, back to you. Kimberly, welcome to the show. And uh, before we ask you some more, uh, start asking some in-depth questions, what we'd like to do is just give some basics around leadership development. And Kimberly, I know this is stuff you're very familiar with. <clears throat> but... Leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. That's a lot of influence. And the reason is emotions are contagious. And leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. So if the leader is uh, happy and content, most likely the the team is happy and content. If the leader is irritated, stressed, and um, irritable, most likely that's the way their team is. And we know that you can increase performance by as much as 77% while increasing your life and professional satisfaction by as much as 50% with coaching. Both Kathy and I are, are certified executive coaches. And you can increase profit by creating coaching networks inside your company. And studies have shown that happiness is tied to profit by 93%. And so what we talk about, and this is what we're going to follow up with Kimberly, is how do we get more people into the top 10%? Well, one of the key um, 
ways is to hire people who are stars. And so Kimberly will help us look at some of the tools that she's been using to do that, to hire people in as stars. And as leaders move up in the organization, a lot of research has shown that 85% of the competencies for their success reside in the world of emotional intelligence when compared to how smart they are, their IQ, or technical expertise. And why are we talking about so much of getting leaders in the top 10%? A lot of the research shows that they produce twice as much revenue to the organizations as leaders in the 11th through the 89th percentiles. And again, if you have uh, training, we know training is important. You get about a 22% increase in productivity. But if you add coaching to that, the research shows that you get an 88% increase in productivity when you have training and coaching. And we try to help you get a few things that you can do differently, or we call micro-initiatives, to help macro-impact. So if you're interested in more um, information from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, her speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. If you're interested in more information from me, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. Thank you, Relly. Um, as uh, Relly said earlier, today's guest is Kimberly Rath. Uh, Kimberly, President and Managing Director of Talent Plus, has nearly 25 years of experience in the human resources field and is a recognized leader in the field of executive development and human resources. Always demonstrating a strong commitment to others, Rath uses her skills as a leadership management consultant to help clients reach their highest growth potential. She is keenly interested in the selection and retention of talented performers and in organizations building talent-based organizations, and that is a trademark of Talent Plus. Kimberly provides executive management consulting and training to organizations worldwide, having just also opened an office in Asia. Her clients include the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, the only hospitality company to have twice won the U.S. Department of Commerce Malcolm Baldridge National Quality Award, the Estee Lauder Companies, Mercedes-Benz USA, the Cheesecake Factory, DFS Galleria, and Cadbury Schweppes, to name only a few of her blue-chip clients. She's a captivating speaker, and she recently presented at a national HR hospitality conference with one of her Talent Plus clients, which is always an honor, the West Paced Hotel Group. Her ability to speak to leadership and to groups about strength development through the science of talent and creating platforms for others to grow is absolutely inspiring. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Kimberly, you and, and, and Kathy have a long history, as we talked about before. But I think just for myself and for our audience here, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to work in the field of talent management. Certainly. You know, as I thought about um, my work in talent management, it began with my parents. And one of the things that they always did is they focused on what was right about me and then pushing me in areas of strength. And so... Uh, this started very, very early on. They really wanted me to learn how to play the piano. I wasn't very good at it. In fact, I'm not very musically inclined. And yet I had a lot of talent in the athletic arena. I was a runner. I was on a cheer squad. I was on the volleyball team, basketball team. And I had a lot of talent in athletics. And my parents really began to see is that where if you focus on areas where a child gravitates more naturally, you have exponential growth. 
And so that really started me on a platform where I had phenomenal parenting um, inspired me to move towards my strengths. I went to the University of Nebraska in 1989, 79, excuse me. I'm younger than I I would like to be younger than I am. Please don't give our age away. (laughs) (laughs) And I joined an organization called Nebraska Human Resources Institute. And it's a mentoring organization where they identify leadership students at the University of Nebraska in their freshman year and were matched with a child in the Lincoln Public School System who also has leadership potential. We're not selected because of our GPA or our ACT. We're selected because we have more potential to invest in others. And I became a part of that program, which was very focused on strength development of younger leaders, and I became a mentor and had a mentee in high school who had been in the program for a number of years, and I had her all the way through high school. And that really started to position me that when you focus on what's right about people Mm. and you focus on their areas of strength, they exponentially grow and they help other people grow along with them. I have a degree in education and early childhood development, I worked for Gallup for seven years, and in 1989, uh, several of us, Doug Rath and Sandy Maxwell, formed a new company called Talent Plus with Dr. William William E. Hall, who was the founder of the mentoring program I just mentioned, Hmm. Nebraska Human Resources Institute. It was his genius that started in a one-room schoolhouse where he began to study that certain children could learn concepts, such as math, faster than other children, irregardless of age or grade in school. And he began to focus on what children had more aptitude in certain areas and began to have them start teaching in a one-room schoolhouse in Oregon. And that's where he really began the breakthrough of strength management is that people do perform more effectively when they're using more of their strengths and they're more in a center of happiness when they're using their strengths. And so it came full circle. I met him Um, in 1979 under Nebraska Human Resources, and then I came full circle to form a new company with him, Talent Plus, in 1989 called Talent Plus. It's just an amazing history, but with such huge impact. And I know that um, you just talked about uh, Bill Hall um, and some of the the work that you did. Would you you tell us a little bit more about who you think – um, has influenced you as a leader. You talked a little bit about your parents as well, so maybe you can expand on that uh, audience. Right. Um, parents are a significant influencer, and if I said to my parents, I'd like to explore something, they said, let's figure out how you can explore that, and give, gave me an opportunity to see if I naturally gravitated to that. Grandparents are also a big, important, um, additional family component if they can support a child around strengths. Dr. Hall has been a significant influencer in my life. He is very, very focused on relationship management as being the cornerstone to helping people grow and putting people in an area of strength management. He really believes only about 15% of individuals use their potential. And recently, CareerBuilder.com came out with a study that 84% are people in America are in jobs that they're unhappy in. And you're unhappy in a job when you're not using areas of strength, 
when you're not able to have a platform to express your talents every single day. And that was Dr. Hall's feeling for decades, that people were not in positions where they could accelerate areas of their talents. Pete Harmon was also a big influencer in my life, and he was Dr. Hall's first client. He is the largest KFC franchisee in the United States. They have over 360 franchisees, and he really caught the idea of finding people for his business who had more talent in the hospitality arena, finding them and giving them a platform for growth and allowing them to have ownership in a restaurant. He made a significant difference in my life. Horst Schultze, who is the founder of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, he made a significant difference in my life as a key leader in terms of driving gold standards and, and really understanding the power of selection. He really understood that in order to, to have a company grow, you have to hardwire it with individuals who have more areas um, or more mindset for growth and more mindset towards positivity and more mindset towards learning. So you have more learning agility in an organization. And he became a true component of building a talent-based organization. And as he left the organization, Simon Cooper, who's now the CEO of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, um, has led that organization to exceptional growth opportunities. And Simon also has been a significant influencer in my life. Outstanding. We're going to come right back to talk more with Kimberly Rath at Talent Plus, and this is Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadilocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. This is Ed Hanway, CEO of Cigna Corporation. Join us in celebrating all babies, those born healthy, 
and those who need help to survive. Go to MarchOfDimes.com and tell your special baby's story. Read other stories, too. And while you're there, learn how you can help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and give babies a healthy start. What a wonderful way to celebrate babies. MarchOfDimes.com Internet's only all business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler with Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and we have Kimberly Rath, the President and Managing Director of Talent Plus. And so before the break, we were talking about the kind of leaders who had influenced you um, the most, Kimberly. And then you also started talking about strengths in general. And this is a good opportunity to just talk about maybe strengths development and the impact of focusing on strengths has in business and the world outside of business. Because I know well, when I talk to groups, you know, I typically say uh, so having all your people be well-rounded is not the answer anymore these days, but really focusing on strength. So maybe you could speak to that. I definitely agree that when somebody says you need to be well-rounded, that that's not the best use of building a platform for somebody's um, strengths. And a good example of that is when you're in undergrad work, the first two years you spend most of your time doing general studies. And when you ask a student at the end of their four-year degree, you ask them, what was your GPA? And many times they'll say, well, do you mean overall or in my area of specialty, in my degree? And what it begins to highlight is we do better in areas where we have more aptitude. In the last two years of college where I was very focused on teaching and teaching methods and being in the classroom, I accelerated. I had the most fun. I was in a center of happiness. The first two years where you take a lot of general courses, you were exploring things, but a lot of things didn't have the same type of interest. And that happens in businesses. And if we can put individuals in areas where they can come to work every single day and the majority of their time do things that are more natural and they have more potential to do those accurately and with efficiency and with excellence, I guarantee you we will have less stress in the work environment. Because you have stress in the work environment where you're asked many times to do something routinely that you don't have as much natural repertoire. So let me give you an example. Salespeople are a great example. The very best salespeople are good at selling. They can close deals. But how many of them are drugged down at the beginning of the week and the end of the week with a lot of reporting, a lot of administrative work? And yet companies need to think about in recessionary times is we need to get salespeople out there selling. They need to spend more time out there with clients and prospects and moving business forward than doing a lot of administration work. But so often we cut out um, somebody who could help them with administration and we say you need to do that on top of it. And then we're upset when the salesperson doesn't get their paperwork done. 
because that's not an area of strength. Right, or and when their numbers go down. Their numbers go down, and yet we selected them to sell, and yet we spend most of our time in performance management focused on what they're not getting done is their reports. We're not focused on them on their conversion rate, their relationship building with prospects, their networking, how they're moving their territory forward. We're always focused on the one area that on a report card, if a child brings home two A's, a B, and a D or an F, where do we spend as parents? And we do the same thing as managers and leaders with our associates when we give a performance review. We spend most of our time focused on what the employee's area of weakness is rather than their areas of strength and say, if I allowed you to do 85% of your time this week on the areas that you do well, how much more could you really do? An example of that is we work with a very large sales organization. They have 350 salespeople. And the difference between their top salespeople and their contrast salespeople, so their top 10% and their bottom 10%, is $1,000,004 in revenue annually. If you think about keeping a contrast salesperson for 10 years, you haven't lost just 1.4 for one year. You've lost it for multiple years. You're looking at, you know, $15 million, $20 million of lost revenue. And when we spoke with the very top salespeople and we said, if we could provide more opportunities for you to convert business, how much more could you do? And they're already doing $2.4 million. All of them said, I could double my sales. If I had someone to help me with paperwork and the contracting and doing some of the things that I don't like to do very well and I'm not very good at it, if I had somebody who could assist me, I could double my sales. When we asked the contrast performers if we provided more opportunities for them to sell, what could they do? They said, you know, I could maybe sell a little bit more. Maybe I'd go from 1.4 to 1.5 because, we, because, as you see, they're not in an area of strength. We're asking them to come in and sell every day, and that's not something that they have as much aptitude to do. And the hardest thing to do when interviewing somebody is measure aptitude. That's all you can measure. You're typically interviewing a person who has not worked for you, who has not done this job, and you know only a resume. And so all you can do is study what is the aptitude or the potential for this person to do this job with excellence. And that's why in strength management, you really need as a leader in an organization to study what are your top performers doing that are points of difference than your contrast performers. What do they do differently and why are they so happy in their work that separates them for the rest? And then you need to figure out in a selection process which questions to ask to tap into those natural talents, skills, and knowledge to begin to say, I want to hardwire my organization with more people like that because then I can begin to cast people into areas of strength. So rather than focused on, oh, here's the available population and I'll put people, you know, wherever we can put them, I'm focused on a talent acquisition model of I want to find somebody who has more natural aptitude to do this, more potential to do this, and I'm going to put them in a job where they have the chance to do that the majority of their time. And that's why companies experience turnover, is people are in jobs that they're not using their strengths. That's why people have more stress, is because they're not doing things that um, enable them to use their strengths and grow from their own talents. And so that's where we spend a lot of time as leaders on 
efforts to fix people rather than using training as a way to refine talent but not create it. Kimberly, would you say that that's how your work at Talent Plus differs dramatically from what other practitioners in your field are doing? Absolutely, because so often um, people in the HR field are focused on competencies, and competencies are things that you can learn to do many times. And an example of that is my father was a CPA, my brother's a CPA, and so at the dinner table, I was raised around math equations. You know, we, we had a great time saying, how would you complete this math formula? And I could have been a CPA, but when I did those activities, like going and doing my checkbook tonight, I don't get a huge smile at the end of that when it balances zero, zero, zero. <laughs> but my dad does, and so does my brother. They get a real bang out of that. And that's the difference between somebody who has a talent in an area and somebody who's competent in an area. I'm very competent um, on financial matters, but I don't get a kick out of doing that every single day, and they do. And so, so often HR practitioners are focused on competencies so that they can put training in organizations to fix people or raise my level of competency rather than first figuring out where are my talents, where are my strengths, and then let me attend the training programs that are focused more on me utilizing my strengths and propelling that for growth. Now, there's some things as leaders and managers you just have to do, even if it's not a strength. And so you have to go to some training to do that, and you have to become competent at it. But it also frees me up if I'm working with a leader who says, I know you're never going to be brilliant at this, this is something you have to learn. It's a skill I can teach you to get your paperwork done or maybe it's using an Excel spreadsheet, something you have to learn, but I'm not going to expect you to be the best in this department at it. All of a sudden, when I realize my leader understands and is aware of where my strengths are and maybe where my weaknesses are, it frees me up to be more effective and more successful in the work environment. So, Kimberly, I heard you say earlier, and I just wanted to check with you, um, what percent of the time is there a goal or target um, that you're trying to get someone in their strengths? And I heard you mention 85%, and I wasn't sure if that was what a goal or if that was an example. That is a goal. Yeah, okay. Everybody could be in a position where 85% of the time they were doing things that they enjoyed and they had strengths for. You would see organizations grow dynamically. Um, and that's a goal because most organizations are filling functions versus filling responsibilities. And what I mean by that is a chair fulfills a function. And so often we give somebody a job description and say, here's your functions. And that's what I don't like about job descriptions is I look at them and I look at all the requirements a job description has and I say to the leaders of that organization, when you find that person, I want to meet them. Because job descriptions are written for the perfect person. Mm. And nobody fits into a job description perfectly. You have a little more of this, and you have a little less of this, and you maybe don't have this much experience. And so you fit into it like a puzzle piece. But as a leader, one of the strengths leaders have to have is, how do I take your puzzle piece and fit that on the team and allow you to become the best at what you are? So that 85% of the time, you are helping to shape our organization because I selected you on your strengths. 
Yeah, that's really good to hear and just kind of for that example um, or that goal that you're looking for. Um, and you're talking about, Kimberly, leadership now. And, and how would you say leadership requirements of your clients differ today? Have you noticed kind of a different uh, trend moving in a certain way or, or not? Well, you know, um, yeah, what is leadership and has it changed over the decades? You know, leadership is someone who's a visionary, they're strategic, they help people build a brighter future, a sustainable future. And Oh, no worries. We're going to come right back, Kimberly, so you can finish your thought if you okay. need to. Would you like to finish or you want to wait until we come back? Oh, we well, let's come back to it. Okay. We were just talking with Kimberly Raff, President, Managing Director of Town Plus. We'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Before every word, there is a thought. Before every action, there is a thought. If everything starts with a leader, what happens when leaders around the world start to think and do things differently? I'm thinking the world will change. Evolve the leader. Evolve the company. Change the world. Join Susan Kavanaugh for Summit Speak. All Leaders Rise. Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, then you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I gotta deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Kimberly Rath, President and Managing Director of Talent Plus. And before the break, uh, Kimberly, you were talking about the changes you've seen in, in leadership requirements for the clients you have, and you were mentioning, you know, that 
leadership versus management. Leaders have to be visionary. They have to be strategic. Do you want to follow up on the, uh, the kind of requirements you see today in leaders? Certainly. Um, you know, as you step back and you think of great leaders, is they surrounded themselves with great people. One of the things, as we study leaders across the globe, and we interview thousands of leaders and give them feedback about their strengths on an ongoing basis, one of the things is they're not threatened by bringing somebody on their team who has more talent than them, more knowledge and skill. In fact, they see that as a way to help their organization grow and create a better future for everyone. Sometimes you will find managers who are threatened by individuals who have more talent, so they don't bring those people on their team or they don't let them grow up the ladder. They, In fact, they push the ladder off the wall because they're threatened that somebody's going to take their job. Great leaders want that person to be able to come in and possibly take their job, and they build platforms for that. So as you think about great leadership, one of the key elements is talent acquisition. Do they understand the talents of the individual they're bringing on? Do they assess them through a process? as like Talent Plus through a structured interview process, and then do they align those talents to the requirements of the job. Also, another thing I'm seeing in leadership is we have several cases of this, of individuals who were phenomenal leaders in a different industry. One was in publishing, one was in hospitality, and both of these leaders have moved into healthcare and now are leading very large healthcare organizations. So they weren't selected because of their skill and knowledge in healthcare. They were selected because... They could bring a vision to these healthcare organizations and create a dream for their employees, for their patients, and their patients' families. And I think there's a real trend that says just because you've been in hospitality doesn't mean I wouldn't consider you to be a great leader in healthcare. And I'm seeing that trend across every industry. People want leaders who can make good decisions about people and business, and they're focused on bringing in the right people rather than just the person who has the most experience. A leader's like a thermometer. When they walk in today, it either gets a little bit better or it gets a little worse, but it doesn't stay on zero. So, you know, when you're out of your organization today, such as I will be in a couple of days, I always wonder, do people say, oh, Kimberly's not here today, that's going to be a great day, or do they say, oh, I miss Kimberly? <laughs> Kimberly, here it's better. It's so funny that you say that because I, I'm dying to ask you. You have such passion for what you do, and we sure do know that the people at Talent Plus, wherever they are globally, are thinking it's a better day when you're there, and they miss you when you're not. But, but what is the mission that you bring to your work as a leader, and the mission of Talent Plus as well? Mm-hmm. Well, the mission of Talent Plus is we believe every person has talent a talent to do something very, very well. And it's our goal at Talent Plus to help people discover their strengths and help them express their talent to the mutual benefit of the individual and the organization. You know, I get a tap dance to work every day because I work with great people, great brands around the world, and a great science. And so Talent Plus focuses on building aptitude interviews to help you learn about a candidate's potential, and yet that potential would fit into your organization. And then we have development plans to put around that potential if they do join your organization. So we're a consultancy that builds an integrated plan 
that helps you build a talent-based organization. From the very top person selected in the organization, they were selected because they had the leadership talent to drive the organization to a bright future. To the management talent who builds developmental plans for associates and employees and builds great business models and they're a great executor. To employees who have great service aptitude or sales aptitude to be able to do the things as, that they can do very well and provide excellence in all that they do with prospective clients, client base, and also within um, organizational effectiveness. Kimberly, you've, you've hit on this, and I think for some of our listeners, you know, just kind of knowing uh, kind of about your, your process. You talked a little bit about the interview, but I guess there's also kind of a recruitment process, and then once you get someone on board. So maybe just, uh, you know, starts at the beginning when someone in, engages Talent Plus, well, you know, let's say from the recruitment side, how does, how does that work, and then are there certain uh, assessment, assessment tools along with the interviews? Yes. You know, what I will say to clients and our own company is select hard, manage easy. So spend more time on the selection process. So often we spend minimal time on the selection process and then we build all these training programs around individuals to fix them. And so Talent Plus has built validated um, aptitude tests. They're all validated. They're proven. They're tested over time. And they're proven to drive business results. I think that's absolutely key that if you're using an instrument to select someone is that those individuals that are coming in and you say this person has the talent to sell more is that they do sell more so that it is a direct correlation to business results. And we focus on the efforts with clients. Let's, let's identify a selection process to put in place. So we put the talent plus structured validated interview in place put an online screening process in place so we get a lot of information for an applicant tracking process and then they go through a structured interview. And once that is in place and we identify that talent, the first step we do to onboard them is to build a developmental plan around their strengths so that we can launch them in the most effective way. Everybody remembers their first day on the job and it should be their great takeoff day. It should be the day that they recall learning about the vision and the mission of the organization and that everybody in the organization is focused on how to set me up based around, upon my strengths because that's what you learned in the interview process. You know, it's funny. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and having had the personal experience of going through the structured interview process and having feedback from someone like yourself at Talent Plus who's very skilled at helping people, I'm thinking, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges uh, that, that companies face acquiring and retaining talent in any industry today given the conditions of the market? That's a good question, Kathy, because retaining talent is critical. Um, the easiest person to recruit for me or one of our um, associates at Talent Plus is usually the person that's doing the best job at another company because they're usually the one that's not getting any attention from leadership. They're doing such a great job. We take them for granted. We ignore them, and we spend most of our time with our weakest link, the people who are struggling and need a lot of time and efforts. And so when you think about how do you focus on retaining people, it's parsimonious. You, could, you only have so much time in the day. 
And that's the only thing as leaders we're equal on is we only have 24 hours in a day. So we're all equal at one point. It's how we spend our time as leaders that begins to separate and make us great leaders. Do we spend our time on developmental activities with our best people? Do we spend time with our best people focused on their strengths and asking them, what can I do to allow you to grow even more, to be more effective? Do I spend most of my time building relationships with my best people? Do I spend most of my time building a learning organization where my best people go to training and said that inspired my heart, my soul, and my mind to do things even greater? And so that's why I want to work for this organization. It adds value to my life, personally and professionally. People care about me here. They're in relationship with me, and they're focused on what's right about me. Um, and I think during recessionary times, sometimes we buckle down and we move away from the things that people are best at, and we start asking them to do things they're not as, they're not as good at. And that's when our best people begin to say, Maybe there's, you know, another opportunity outside this organization. There's not a day that goes by that you should not start your day talking to one of your best employees and end your day talking to one of your best employees. Those are the bookends in life. You know, when I walk in, I'm going to talk to the best employees because it helps me stay focused on why I'm here as a leader. I'm here for them. I'm here to build a platform for their development. And I end my day talking to one of the best employees because, again, it refocuses me on why I work so hard during the day. If I end my day talking to an employee who's not performing effectively and is not using their strengths because I haven't put them in a place, where they can use their strengths. Then I go home, and that weighs on me all evening. And I'm still irritated maybe with it when I'm doing emails in the evening, and my tone in my email starts to reflect to an employee or a leader or a manager that knows nothing about how I ended my day. And so your bookends are critical, that you start your day focused on strength management and you end your day focused on strength management because it helps you stay focused as a leader while you're here. I love hearing what you're saying, Kimberly. A long time ago, I remember reading a book. It talked about the first kind of four minutes of your interaction set the tone. It's like like we know now about priming, Kathy. You know, it sets the tone for the day, but also you're saying at the end of the day, how are you priming yourself for your evening and for leaving that? So that's a great thing. I hadn't thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Let's say a little bit about, um, you know, kind of more about the talent Plus and, and the science of talent, and how you deal with some of these uh, challenges, and I, you know, I noticed in your process you have the investment process that you talked about, collaborative coaching, and maybe you could speak a little bit, you know, given both Kathy and our coaches, how do, how do you use the collaborative coaching in the Talent Plus methodology? That's a great question, Riley. Um, the Talent Plus process is first you need to understand your own talents and abilities. And so we interview people on a structured interview process and give them developmental feedback for their growth. And that's number one. Number two is, is that as a leader, I, under this, I understand the talents and strengths of the people that I lead and manage. And so all of them need to go through an interview. So I understand and I think my gut says they're really strong in this area, but now this interview helps validate that they do have areas of strength. And we're going to come right back uh, with Kimberly Rath. We'll follow up on, on what you're talking about now. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. 
the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for The Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rock-a-bye, baby, by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion, make sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science, but it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. We are talking to Kimberly Rath, the President and Managing Director of Talent Plus, and we were just talking about the science of talent and how you use uh, a collaborative process at Talent Plus for helping people to maximize their talent. Correct. And as we, um, right before the break, we talked about understanding the talents of the people that you lead and direct. And the next step after that is to collaborate, where you sit down and you talk about your talents and their talents, and you build strategies around areas of synergy, and you build strategies around areas of speed bumps. Because what you're doing is, I'm reporting to this person, and now there's going to be things that if we do these things really well together, we will have exponential growth as a team. But if we don't understand where we may run into some speed bumps because our strengths are different, that could hold us back 
And not only does it hold us back personally and professionally, it holds the whole team and the organization back. So collaborative coaching is key as a leader because if I know my strengths but it's not shared with the rest of the team, it, it won't, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the organization grow. You have to have other people know what's right about you so that they can celebrate that and share that with others and ask you to do more in areas of strength. Another area that I think is really key is that you do collaborative coaching with teams and you bring teams together where they all talk about their strengths and their abilities and then they talk about areas that they're not as strong in and who on the team has more of this ability that we could tap into to help our team grow. So often when we do that, we identify people on the team that had some talents that we didn't even realize they had areas of strength or had an interest in that area. And that enables the team members to see that person differently. It also puts a lens on people to see what's right about individuals. So they come to work, and hopefully we've turned organizations upside down by having them see the goodness in people. That's a, a great focus. As you were talking, I'm just thinking about a uh, group that I'm going to be dealing with, a, a series of executives, and that will be looking at strengths. And so tell me a little bit about, you know, maybe, you know, so how do you kind of frame uh, weaknesses? Um, you know, I guess in, in hearing you talk, I'm, my thought would be, are there things that this person could be doing more of, or do you spend some time saying, you know, this is something you're going to do, be, do less of, or is it a kind of a combination? Because a strength would say, could you do this more? But what happens when you hit an area that maybe isn't a strength for them? Right. What you want to do is figure out, where they can spend most of their time and do more of. But in an area of weakness, then you need to say, is this a skill um, or knowledge that I can give this person to mm -hmm. help them become more competent in this area? So it doesn't become a speed bump. Mm -hmm. It doesn't become an area that lacks in their performance, but it, we get it up to, you know, average or a competency level. And many times it's a technique we need to give somebody, a skill to help them get there. But the difference is, is if I'm focused on areas where I'm strong, it's effortless. I don't have to think. It just naturally happens. I just move with grace through those activities. If it's some, a weakness where I don't have as much talent, I have to put effort around that to think about how to do that activity because it has to be intentional and has to be very conscious. When you're in areas of strength, it just naturally flows. It's amazing. I was just taking notes as you were talking. One of the things that people always focus on are things that don't work instead of focusing on things that do work. And I think the beauty of the conversation the three of us are so engaged in is using Relly's background in emotional intelligence, using my background in the area of the science of happiness and focusing on what's working, and then your science um, around talent really come together here in terms of, as you said, bringing someone up to speed so that they're at least average or above average in an area that's not their strengths and allowing them to maximize their strengths by doing what they love to do best and putting them in a role where they can do that. And I just want you to, if you can share one thing with our listeners about how you do that at Talent Plus, that would be so helpful. Just one small thing. Well, think about this statement. So often we go into a performance review saying, um, how good am I? And I'd like people to focus on, how am I good? 
about the difference. If people came to work and said, how am I good, and every day they focused on what was right about them and their areas of strength, and that's what we do at Talent Plus. So when people walk in, we're focused on the area of talent, and then we position them in a, an area that they can grow and develop. And what happens is, is they start growing that area because of their talent. So that job begins to expand based upon their talents that they bring to the table. But so often people focus about how good am I because we're focused on what we're not very good at rather than how am I good. Very powerful. Yeah, that very strong language. And, and I think, and Kimberly, just thinking about the situation I want to apply this to, I, I imagine the conversation with folks about if someone's coming up with something that's a speed bump for them, um, what is it, skills, knowledge, but then how can anybody help? What does anybody else on this team have? Uh, are there some other strengths? Is there a technique that seemed to work? I mean, I just can see that being, you know, from a uh, positive and optimistic and happiness level, you know, such a great conversation. Yes, and, you know, geese fly in formation for a reason because they get more effectiveness, and that's one of the ideas that Talent Plus focuses on is if somebody does fall out, like when uh, one of the geese fall out because they get hurt, they don't fall out by themselves. There's always a goose that falls out with them. And that's what happens at Talent Plus. If somebody is not having as much success in an area, somebody falls out with them to figure out a developmental plan based upon their strengths. We don't let them struggle on their own. We immediately have a rapid response to getting people in an area where they can maximize their talent. Outstanding. It's, it's a miracle that somebody is actually helping people to focus on their strengths and a company like Talent Plus, like yourself, uh, so that they can actually see the results of understanding talent, raising competency, and finding um, the opportunities to maximize those things they do well with your help and support. It's, uh, it's a testament to the mission that you've focused on for the past, what, 18 years? Yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, Kimberly, for our listeners, and when they want to contact you, maybe you can give us your, your website. But then also, would they deal with a certain individual, with a team of folks? Would there be a consultant that would come out, you know, and then and start some of that interviewing process with them, what they're looking for? Yes. What we do is we come out and we want to meet with senior leaders and we want to study your best. One of the points mm-hmm. of difference is we want to benchmark your role models, people that you'd like to have more like. And when we focus on those individuals, then we build a talent benchmark that begins to define what your talent acquisition needs to look like. And the number you can reach us at is 1-800-VARSITY. And that means that, you know, in Talent Plus and with our clients, we're building varsity teams where we let the best people play most of the time. So you're bringing people in in areas of strength, just like a varsity team. And not everybody is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's the receiver. Not everybody's a great defensive back. We figure out what everybody's good at, and we let them play most of the time. We're not a YMCA or recreational, and I love YMCA because it lets everybody have the same amount of time to play. But organizations that need to produce business results at the end of the, end of the day and shareholder value, they can't let everybody play Every single day, they have to let the best people play where they're most effective in areas of strength. Amazing. You are truly a gift to all of us, Kimberly, and so is Talent Plus. And uh, Relly, 
uh, and I are delighted to have had you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, listeners, for joining in. And we'll see you in the near future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Business Channel.